On today's episode of Family History Ron, we answer, when will FamilySearch.org show how you are related? Those crazy third cousins twice removed on your mother's side type of stuff. When will the reservation list be limited? And what happens if you ever go over that limit? And what is the correct way to record Latin names that have two or more last names? These questions and a whole lot more are about to come. Stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. Hello? I got my hair a little bit. Oh, I do too. Yeah, short hair out of haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, mine's nap worthy. Hi, folks. Anybody out there? Now we got one. Can you hear us okay? Woohoo! Who? I can't hear us. Can anybody hear us? I'm hoping this is working okay. There we go. All right. Can, can hear, hear you. Oh, thank you so much. I hope you can see us. Oh, Ooh. Tempe, are you just cooking down there? That's been hot here. It was muggy. 85% humidity. We're not used to humidity. You know. That and we've got fires probably like everybody else in the... West. Well, it's good to see you. We had a nice 24th of July. Ron and I and a neighbor threw a party for the neighborhood. We had fireworks and what else? Oh, we had a bounce house for the grant or all the kids. And my neighbor played, he has a band and he brought his band out and they played and we danced in the street. and, And then we just had snack food. We had fireworks. So we had fun yesterday, but today we've paid. Both of us have needed naps. Yeah, tiring. I, I ditched work today, so it's and he's ditching tomorrow. Yeah, so oh. it's a little relaxing. Although I've been working on my. Yeah, he has Education Week and BYU Family History Conference. That's right, and then he has some state fireside fireside things. Uh, yeah, so I started my Education Week stuff. So, anyway. which is unusual because he, he's usually a procrastinator, and you know, we're uh, he's kind of like Churchill, you know, when the red light goes off and it's like, just a minute, yeah. he's still fiddling with crap. Okay, let's uh, feel free to ask some questions. We didn't get a whole lot of questions in the last week or so, and I'm since I didn't go to work today, I didn't get uh, answers to some of the questions we had last time. He did what he was because. I'm taking a day off, so I'm not bugging them, and they're not going to Yeah, it was nice. Me. We went over and helped uh, our son. He is uh, doing Mr. Mom this weekend because his wife's out of town with two little boys, mm-hmm. and he had an appointment he needed to go to, so we went over there and had our other grandson come over and play. Yeah, play with the kids. And, yep. Yeah. And then we came home, and Grandma fell asleep on the couch while one grandson and Grandpa watched. What was it? We watched. Um, Not terrible. I mean, I was happy and half out, but anyway. And then we've been playing Uno. So, all right. Here's some questions. But like I said, we're really glad you're here and made yeah. the time for us. Yeah, and feel free to go ahead and ask <clears throat> questions right in the online because we'll probably have some time. Yep. Here's one from Curtis Clayton. It says, when searching for records from the details page, Family Search preloads the search criteria and put single quotes around the entries in place fields. For example, Lancashire, England. England. 
What is the significance of these quotes and do they affect the search? Do they limit the results to the exact matching of the place? No, I don't think that does that. What the double quotes are doing is just making sure that that whole string gets put in that field. Um, now, search is pretty powerful. Uh, I, I can't say that I'm an expert at it because I'm not. I don't do a lot of searches. But you you have asterisks that you can put in, wild cards, things like that, that you could explore with that uh, to give it more try. But it's remember we're calling the search system through a URL, and we have to make sure that that stuff is put inside the search oh, place field. You used to do this when you did programming. I remember it had to have certain things around yeah, it, it or the information or split up and yeah, gets put it, in the wrong it, it, place. Put so. in thing. Oh, I learned something new. Thank you, Curtis. Here's one from Justin. If a record lists dates from the Julian calendar, how should you enter those dates into family tree? For example, 3 March 1740 on the Julian calendar is the 14th of March 1741 on the Gregorian. I think family search standard is Gregorian, but if you convert them, the dates won't match the listed records. Uh, I think we, we actually convert to Julian if I, uh, if I recall correctly. What are you doing there, Earl? Uh, I was going to go in and make my thing not turn off. How oh. do I do that? I never remember. Have to go to brightness where the brightness is. Yeah, there we go. Because if not, my iPad, iPad will shut off. shut off, and I'm going to be. Yeah, we we store Julian dates, not Gregorian, so it shouldn't convert unless for some reason you've entered it in such a way or the place or something. So that should it, we store in Julian dates. So yeah. how should you enter those dates if I'm sure you're doing calendar? See, because they're different by a year and a couple of weeks. Yeah, it looks because like. it's uh, different. So you think we run on the Julian calendar, not yeah. the Gregorian? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're doing Julian. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to try that. So if I go yeah, I do. to Oh, he's going to try right now. So Go to familysearch.org, put a person. Sign in, and um, I'm going to go and add a detail, other information, and bar mitzvah. I'll put in bar mitzvah. What's the date he said to put? Third of March. Third of March, seventeen forty. And I click it, and it it uh, standardizes it to third of march 1740 so apparently we're it's not going to be switching it so i'm not sure exactly what you're doing but uh well and he, he says it. that it's not necessarily that it's changing it's just saying he knows that it's this date in one calendar uh, but when are you yeah we're so. st we standardize all in the same calendar we standardize everything in the julian calendar okay so if you enter i don't know how i would know the difference of gregorian or not gregorian we're assuming uh, Julian, unless you put in something uh, that's unusual, like Chinese uh, has a can have a different calendar, things like that. Okay. This is a, one from Lisa, and it's a long one, so listen in. I received a name through Ordinance Ready that was from the Temple Shared File. I had three months to complete the ordinance. After six to eight weeks, I received an email letting me know that I was getting close to the uh, reservation expiring. That's an awesome reminder. I was unable to complete the ordinance, and on the expiration date, I received a message in Family Search letting me know that the ordinance was not done and had been released back to shared files, 
and that I should destroy the card if I had printed it so that duplicate ordinances wouldn't be done. Unfortunately, I didn't get the message straight away as it was only in my family search messages. The first email was received through my regular email account. However, the ending message only appeared in my family search account. Is there any way this final email could be sent to the same email where I received the first notification? Yeah. I could have missed this important message as I don't always check my family search messages as frequently as I do my regular email. I did get the message before going to the temple, so I destroyed it, but I wonder if there are other people that might miss this message because it's sent to the message box instead of an email account. Yeah. I've asked that team a dozen times that when there's messages from the temple tab that I wanted them to send emails to you and say there's messages in the temple tab that you need to go see. Oh, well, it's just that apparently they haven't done it yet. They're not happy. Um, Are you writing yourself a note? No. Okay. Uh, expiration. That's a, a great. That's a great thing. We, yeah, Lisa. My expectation is that you were supposed to get an email for the expirations. So, uh, messages should. We found out to their oldest daughter, the one that used to help Ron with this pre. Uh, I don't know what you call it presentation will be moving to California in about five or six weeks. Her husband has accepted a promotion in his company and will be moving out towards the San Francisco area. And grandma has cried because that's one less grandbaby to take care of. <laughs> so anyway, okay. here's a here's a comment or a question from Kara. Why do users keep marking people dead who are living? Found a dozen examples of this over the past two weeks. Is this because of some web crawler? If it is, I'm going to stop adding any living people to Family Tree until you can get a handle on it. Hmm. Uh, well, if you entered, first off, if you entered living people, nobody else can see it. So the copy that you make that's when you're living is in your private area and nobody can see it. The problem that you're experiencing is uh, uh, younger people think older people are dead early. <laughs> so they, uh, what they do is they go look at the 1940 census, for example. Well, 1940, if they were in the 1940 census, my mother was three years old mm -hmm. when she was in the 1940 census. And so they figure, well, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. They're dead. The, the, the 20, so that's 25, 30 years. There are 35 years, they got to be dead, you know, or 60 years, 70, it's 70 years from the 1947, 1940 census. And so they go, 70 years? Nobody they can't lived. be alive. No, they can't be alive. So they just mark them dead when they add them because the 1940 census says you're missing Surprise, a child. Surprise, we do live a little longer these yeah. days. This child is missing in the, in the family, and they just say, mark them dead, put them in there. And it's just uh, them being... So it's Un, not careful. Unwise users. Yeah, that's the only reason why that's appearing. It's because people, and we even warn them. I got to go double check. I haven't done that for a while, but I, the source linker part is supposed to warn you and say, don't put them 
uh, Markham is dead unless you have evidence that they're dead. Oh, that good. kind of slowed yes, things down a little bit. But I know they made some changes to SourceLinker, and so if you know that they're not saying that anymore, let me know, and I'll go take care of that because that's important to remind people. Don't mark them dead unless you have evidence that they're dead. Otherwise, <laughs> assume they're still alive. Great. Yeah, it's my dad. He has his name on a headstone, so it's kind of freaky, but there's no death date. So my dad's still alive, but that's freaky because he looks like he's dead. Anyway, here's from David. When will the desktop family search add the feature that the mobile app has that, besides showing the relationship, tells you that they are your third cousin twice removed? Yeah, we're we're working on that. Uh, we're pretty close to doing that. Turn that off. I mean, turn the sound off. I'm not expecting to get a call. Well, you've gotten two. All right, I'll do this. He's getting robocalls. Yeah, I get these dumb calls. I don't know where it's coming from. He got on somebody's list. Yeah, on somebody's list. It's terrible. Anyway, uh, what was this about again? This was the third cousin twice removed. Oh, yeah, we're working on that on the website. Um, the problem why it's not there is because we were trying to figure out, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to say this in all languages, and we've discovered that you cannot that each language has their own method, and it's nothing like ours. Some countries, the closest relative is your brother, not your parents. And in other places, uh, you know, grandparents are more prominent than others. And so we were trying to figure out a way to say that sort of phrase to everybody, and we couldn't figure it out. So finally we decided uh, a couple months ago to just only do it in English. By the way, it's only in English on the mobile app. Nobody else sees any... How you written doesn't say third cousin anything for anybody else, only English. Speakers. Only speak, only speak. That's because we have never, we haven't, they haven't figured that out how to do it. And I don't know if it's worth figuring it out. So, okay, so we're working on it and we'll have it out there. Let me, uh, let me, is that it for that one? That's it for David's. Okay, let me, Kat, oh, Cindy's go. got one here. Uh, would it be possible to add the option to show your password as you type it in? Uh, that would be a clear security violation. Is I could just put anybody's username or whatever and then start A, you know, it didn't show anything. B, I didn't show anything. C, oh, oh it showed a letter. Okay, I know it starts with a C. Then A, B, so we can't do that. Um, yeah, older folks struggle with remembering the password. And uh, I remember when I was in the as a ward clerk, I probably had somebody in the clerk's office every Sunday, one or two, who couldn't remember their password, and so we had to reset it. And um, what I had them do is I had them get a, um, put it on their phone. So the odds of somebody being, you know, get a hold of their phone is probably a lot less than us exposing their password. By My son having an auto. Me. I, I don't understand how that would automatically uh, uh, you know, it would show up on there. That would be surely a security problem. Well, my son had me get a, an app that stores those, and it has one master password that you better that, remember that I can remember. And then all I have to do is just that way, and then I can. It's great. Yeah, there's several password managers out there. I don't know if older folks will be able to deal with that either, but they might. If you like I'm older and I'm doing okay, so. Yeah. And it remembers, and you put all, your, and it remembers the passwords that you use. Yeah, on the websites and stuff. So. Yeah. So no, we just, just can't do that without a security. That's a security yeah, breach. Security. This is from Alisa. 
I used to be able to open a set of records in the Sonora Mexican Civil Registry online, maybe about five years ago, but now it's no longer available because I am not a member of the LDS Church. I was wondering if these records would be available again online, and if so, is Which there records? Uh, the Sonora Mexico Civil Registry. Is there a time frame for re-release? I'll have to check on that. Mm -hmm. Sonora, Mexico? Yes. The civil registry there. Uh, I'll have to think about this one. I I know there's there's some issues with it's the Mexico with the Mexican S -O. records. S-O-N-O-R-A. You would think that he would know that because he grew up right down by there. The final problem is my fingers are as wide as two letters on this keyboard. I know, more like three. Anyway. Uh, civil records uh, not being seen. Um, some of these civil records uh, currently oh, are only being that's line four hundred four. If you want. Oh yeah, okay. are only being seen by members of the church. I think I'll have to double check that. So this was that four hundred four. Yes, line four hundred four. Um, I'll check on this one. Okay, I got one here. When scanning patron cards at the temple after they have completed ordinances, sometimes there's a notification on the recording screen saying that these ordinances are shared with the temple, may have been reprinted, and duplicates may exist. When we inform the patrons, they are sometimes confused with this message as they have not shared this work with the temple. How might this happen? That can happen. Uh, though I can only think of one way that that happens. And that is somebody else put a duplicate in and uh, told the system that it was not a duplicate of the one that was shared with the temple. We've seen this. Uh, we, we even did a research to discover the percentage of this that happens. It's not significantly high, but it's less than I would like it. It's more than I would like it to be. But So what happens is somebody enters in a name. They share it with the temple. It's, it takes a while for the temple ones to get done, and so they've been sitting in the system for a while. And then somebody else, they create a duplicate of that person in Family Tree, but they say, and then we say, hey, here's a possible duplicate, and they say, nah, that's not a duplicate or whatever. And then they go off and reserve the reservations on their duplicate, go do those ordinances, and then after those ordinances are done, they merge the two people together, and then when they do that, then uh, when you do it on the card that was shared with the temple, when that gets printed out, they don't check for duplicates at that particular moment in time. Maybe we got to consider that. But when they, uh, when because it gets printed on a list, then they go do it or they share or it gets shared with somebody through Ordinance Ready. They have that. And uh, now Ordinance Ready checks for duplicates, even against uh, uh, temple shared ordinances. So it shouldn't have been through shouldn't have been through ordinance ready it's not saying it was so if they go to the temple and it's on a sheet that's been printed then they get that sheet do it and they go to do the card and it says that it was uh, uh, done before maybe then that's most likely somebody has merged two people together that had ordinances they could have they could have had it could have been in there either side could have said they weren't a duplicate at the time and then more information got filled in and it showed up as a duplicate or they chose not to, to say it is a duplicate. That's the only way I can think that that could be done. If others uh, can think of another way, then that happens. Um, 
Laureen says, what happens when one source linker info you detach because you can't figure out why that person is linked to somebody else? Does it come around later as a duplicate? Yeah, this is, uh, this is something I, I'm working with the search team with. Um, they're busy doing some other things that are uh, time sensitive. Um, I, don't, I don't like that they are hinting things. They're hinting a source that's over on somebody else to match some source that match somebody that is not that person. Uh, because theoretically, the source should be only for one, only one person in the tree. And that's how they've done it traditionally. But several months ago, six six months ago or so, they changed it to say to to match against all sources, even if those sources have been attached to somebody else. Now, my discussion with them is, if that happens, that's a indicator that you may have a duplicate. And we shouldn't be encouraging them to detach the source from another person and put it on this person because it's probably they're probably duplicates. And so I've asked them to stop doing that and let's use some of those um, analysis on sources attached to other people as a way to maybe show a possible duplicate. So it'll probably come back up until we get that straightened out. But that's why that would have come back up because they're currently hinting sources that are attached to other people. Okay. All right. Let's have one over. One from mine? Yeah. This is from Carly. She says, I'm new to Latin research and I am helping somebody with their Mexican research. What is the correct way to enter in the two surnames or do I just use the father's surname? No, because they carry the mother and the father. You enter the two names. Enter the two names into the surname field. Don't just carry one. Enter both names. The system has some logic in already to handle the two names in Mexican records the the two surnames one mother and father and it has some it looks for both sides looks for it together it looks for the mother's one the father's one and provides matches against it so don't not put information in as their name would have been on any certificates go ahead and put them both both those surnames in and our um and our analysis stuff for duplicates and matching and searching records understands that and we're getting better at it, and we'll keep getting better, but it already does fairly well. My understanding from the testers and the community in Mexico that have been using these records that it does, it's doing a good job. So don't uh, leave that data out because that's important. I'm both there. Okay. Um, Carrie says, my friend reserved names for the temple on her own list, printed them out, and by the time her daughter went to the temple a few weeks Later, half the names were done by someone else. So someone else have been able to do the names. The answers are no. This is that duplicate thing. So, Carrie, I would really love it if you send me an email, ron at familysearch.org, with a list of these uh, PIDs, if you still have them. And, uh, and I want to go investigate how those ended up being the way they were. Because I want to see if it's maliciousness or if it's just there was data that was old data. That got merged around. I certainly hope it's not malicious. Maybe out. Oh. Okay. Hey, we got somebody from Alberta. Whoa. Hey, what are the girls? Thanks now? for the compliment. I imagine the weather is pretty nice up there in Alberta right now. Yeah, we have a little girl across the street that served her mission up there. Mm. Sister King. 
Anyway, this is from Adelia, I think is how you say that. And if I've mispronounced it, I'm so sorry. I wish there was a way to correct or show as an alternative the mistakenly indexed records on family search. I am extremely grateful for everyone's effort. However, some are really far from what is written. All right. So we just released 100% of the, of the people a new feature on historical records, search historical records, where you can add, where you can edit the name that was on that record in case that was indexed improperly. I just did one today for my mother. In the 1940 census, she was listed as Betsy. Her name is Lexi. So I went in today and changed it and added and put Lexi in there. Oh, and, she'd be dancing up in heaven to know she's no yeah. longer Betsy. And uh, you can do that. And we only do names right now, and it's not all records. There's only a, a small subset of records that we have the ability to do this on right now. And it's all because we're changing the back-end systems of our historical record system. That's a pretty big job. It's going to take them at least another year, year and a half. And uh, so as they change and support other different kinds of records, you'll be able to do more of that. We hope someday that you'll be able to edit most anything on the record or even add things from the record that were not indexed. So how you do that is you do a historical record search, either by pushing family search on the person page and it jumps over to the records and pre-fills it in like we talked about earlier. Um, and then look at the records. If you find one that looks like them, and you can click into it. The key is to get to the image. So you can only do this when there's an image because index, you don't have anything to look at to judge whether or not it was indexed improperly. You have to have the image. So you expand it, drill into it, and then you go to the image. And when you go to the image, what will pop up is the image. And down below, it has a list of all the names that are indexed. You scroll through the list on the bottom until you find the one you're interested in. Zoom in to the image so you can see them clearly. And it'll have a little uh, edit, and then you highlight one of those names on the list. It'll have a little menu-looking thing, and you click it, and it'll open a edit box on top of the uh, edit box there mm -hmm. on the left, showing you the current name. And then you can say edit, and then you can go in and type in the right name. In my case, it, the transcription was correct. They the the yeah, it was. The census taker wrote down Just Betsy, didn't hear but her name person. is Lexi. It's her family. It's her mom and it's her dad. It's her brothers and sisters were in there, all with the right date. So it's I know it's her. So I went in and corrected it, and I said, you get two choices. It was indexed wrong or the document was wrong. And so I selected the document was wrong, put in that, saved it, and then now, and then I went back to her page, clicked the family search thing to see what it would bring up, and it brought up that Lexi right away. And right there, boom, there it is, has Lexi in there. And so I attached the 1940 census. Oh, I'm going to go look at that. Where do we go? I think I attached it. Yeah. I was taking screenshots for a thing. Look, Larry's here. Hey, Larry. Thanks Good for joining. Good to see you. In Family Search, oh, this is from Donna. In Family Search, how much information should match to say the two people are the same person or that they should be merged? If the name matches and the, and the parents, is that enough? Or if you have a birth date and place and spouse that match, is that enough? Or if you have a name with no dates but the children match, is that enough? Yeah, it's uh, it's really a uh, it okay. takes ex it takes experience to do that. Yeah. What I what I usually tend to do is uh, depends on how common the names are. 
if you have a feel for a little bit, you should you should have some feel for the area that you're that you're doing work in, like in England. If you go into England back in the 1800s, 1700s, everybody was named John. Every woman was named Mary or Elizabeth or William, and so you got a thousand Marys, you got a thousand Williams, a thousand Elizabeths, you know, and so and they don't have any relationships recorded anywhere, so it's really difficult. So I tend to look for the the names of the person. Their uh, the birth or death date is within a couple of years of the other person. But the most important thing is relationships, and you need to look at the sources of that other person that you're trying to decide is the match or not, and see if those if they have good sources and what the sources say. And what I I always feel comfortable if the relationships line up same spouse name same spouse general time frame same parents um then that always will help if you get into those places where there are common names just the parents may not be enough try to find a spouse or from some children um uh, that would help a lot so it's really relationships is really what sort of cements it it's pretty unlikely to have a person with you know, with this, with these, this name, these parents, that spouse, and these four kids on those dates, and if I have another family that's exactly like that, it's, it's highly unlikely. And so, once you get that situation, you're you're good to know that they're a duplicate. So, um, you know, do your best. Do what it feels right. Uh, look at it. Study it a little bit. If it feels right, then proceed. And uh, that is but it would, with little information, it's really hard to say definitively that they're a that they're a match. Okay, is there a way to mass set the watch icon? I'd like to watch my direct lines to see if anyone updates them. Example, watch my father. No, we don't have a one button. We figured that we had to give you some pain because if you did one button, everybody That's would do rude. one button. <laughs> well. Imagine it. Everybody would push the button, and then they would complain that they get a bunch of email from us, and we only let you. In, you, know, you could get lots of crap. Yeah, I mean, you can. I think you can go up to four thousand. It's I can't remember if it's four thousand or whether we bumped it to five thousand. It's four thousand and something names you can watch. When you're watching four thousand names, then <laughs> odds are that it's gonna it's gonna go off sometime or multiple times. So. We don't provide an automatic thing. However, we are looking, uh, we are doing some real work right now on seeing if there's a way to tell you for anywhere you've contributed. So wherever you contributed a conclusion or you edited a conclusion, we could, you could, we could, we're looking into putting a setting on your settings where you could say, tell me when somebody changes my conclusions, any of my conclusions, whether you're watching or not. So that might be helpful. I don't know. But in the meantime, sorry, you'll have to just go up your line as you're crawling along and, and do the watch. You just, you know, pop up the little person card, say watch, 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 watch for your direct lines. Within not too long, you'd have all those direct lines probably clicked. When changing names on census records where the person giving the information gave the person's nickname, is it okay to change the nickname to that full name? Uh, Gary, yes, it is. It's okay. It doesn't get rid of the other name. When you when you edit, it keeps both names because one is how it is is indexed, and the other is 
how it is uh, you know the person because you know the family. It has a little place, an optional place for you to enter in a reason, you know, so I put in a thing about the census taker heard Betsy when it's really Lexi, and actually her name's Lexi Ann, and so I talked about that, and I said I, she's my mother, so that's how I know who she is. These are the right family members and right parents. Yeah, I put all that information in that little optional note so that they know that I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about her. You've and sourced so, it. Exactly. Yeah, from me. So, yeah, I would go in, and if they just put a, you know, J.A. Thompson, I'd go in and put add the John Anderson Thompson or whatever it is. Okay. Uh, why don't we take one off the list here? Okay. Here's one from Michael. Ron, you've said that you're going to develop a tool to merge sources that refer to the same document. Still, new duplicates are regularly produced because this indexing rules requires that each page that refers to an event be indexed. So if there are three pages in a row on a microfilm for one marriage, it's still indexed three times. Then if that same marriage is on another microfilm, it will be indexed again. Yep. One collection of marriages might have the, the state copy, one might have the county. Sometimes I think they should change the rules so that if a few pages refer to the same marriage, there should be a feature inside the indexing to click on that says the incorrect records to this page, plus following two pages or however many, and once and only index at once. But let the single index entry be linked to author image. Just oh, have you thought about that? Yeah, uh, they, there's been lots of talk about that, and it's just a difficult thing to train people on. It's uh, people could say, oh yeah, this looks just like the other one, but it's really not. They're not being careful enough to look at every piece of data, but certainly there's going to be duplicates. Um, when when we find some of these things, we try to notify the indexing folks. They can, you know, mark some of them as not to pass through kind of thing and get them hidden so that we don't get too many duplicates, especially the Marys. The Mary ones are really bad. And because there were multiple copies in all these counties and then they went and filmed all the counties and then put it all together in one collection and so you see it four or five times. Yeah. We we even went through a six month period and came up with a new proposal to allow you to collapse records together that were the same. We still have that on our list. We haven't started that work. Just because other more high priority things keep popping up. But uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if the right place to to fix this problem is in the index area. It's probably more appropriate to do it on the person area. When a person uh, goes to attach another in another record, just attach it and then allow a person to say these two are the same record, and it sort of collapses in the source section and less uh, in the indexing world because it's too likely that something would get messed up in the indexing world and something wouldn't get indexed that should have been indexed. Yeah, I know. I've done that in indexing that there's multiple images of the same thing, and I thought, why am I doing this? But who knows? It's just safer that way, and that way you know you have all the data from the collection, and then we can do analysis on it and figure out if it's uh, if it's the same. If it's just people. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's one from Ronald. Oh, wow. Ronald. I asked myself. <laughs> Anyway, well, then it's going to be a smart question. Yeah, right. <laughs> I am the area T and FHC and follow a couple of Facebook groups dealing. I don't know what it means. Temple and Family History. Consultant. Oh, good. There we go. Somebody. Anyway, he follows a couple of Facebook groups dealing with family history and family search. 
I see many complaints about the family information being changed without supporting resources. Some have implied that this may be done by non-members on purpose. What are your thoughts on this, and is this being considered for future changes to family search? Uh, the uh, not allowing other people to change things is not being considered because this is an open edit system, and it needs to stay open edit because we don't know what information will be found in the future about that particular individual. And if it's locked, then uh, nobody can change it, and that would be unfortunate. Um, I do not believe that there are non-members who are purposely doing it. There's some, we find a few, there are both members and non-members, there's a few sometimes that are pretty uh, ornery and insistent. And when we get reports of those sort of things, report of abuse and stuff like that, we look at it right. and we, we disable their accounts, we monitor their activity, we do all those sort of things when we find bad actors. I think it's mostly yeah. people that are, uh, I think most of these come from people who have inherited a JETCOM file or some, some book of remembrances or something that's been sitting there and then they finally decide, I'm gonna go put that in. And they start typing it in and then they, uh, if the data is different on the book of remembrance than what's on the person, they just make it, you know, they say, Grandma did all this great research. She was an amazing researcher. She'd never make a mistake in her life, and so I'm just changing it to match what Grandma had on it. This is and, this is the ethical paradox. Yeah, and this is this is common, and this is just because either one they don't have the sources, which I've never seen a book of remembrance with sources in it. It always just has them written down the vowel use. Once in a while, you get a photocopy or whatever they were. Of yeah, something, but it's but, something near. It's just like a birth certificate or something. Or yeah, some you don't get mother a or of, father, not not great 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 grandpa. No, because they usually didn't have them back then. Hmm. They just didn't get access to those records, so it was hand-me-down stuff. And we just have to be patient. We have to, if it gets changed incorrectly without the source, we need to contact the person in a in a positive and kind way and say, hey, you need to look at the sources because that's what's really important. I see you change these dates, but if you look at the sources, it says these dates, and just help them learn a little bit. And pretty soon they'll go, most people are like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't realize I messed up something. That's me. And that's most people. Occasionally, they're just rarely do we see people that are just being ornery. And when we do, we try to take care of them. So. Yeah, I'm one of those ones that... That's ornery? No. Well, I'm ornery, but with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm one that that wants to be helpful and tries to do something, and I know sometimes the things I do are not, and I screw up stuff. Anyway. Um, okay, hold on. So here's Pat saying, is there a time frame for family space or whatever the new name will be? Um, uh, no, we don't have a time yet. We just finished our second um, round, yeah, our second uh, prototype round of, I'm calling them shared family groups. Um, I don't know if that, that'll be the real name or not. I don't know if we figured a name yet. I kind of like it because it's the only one that seems to fit and works. Maybe you want to have a contest. Yeah, no, it never works. <laughs> it never works well. And you have you're having family members put stuff in memories, and since I have most of mine in albums, apparently they aren't seeing the pictures because they're just adding them to the gallery instead of adding them to the individual person's memory page. This is creating a lot of duplicates. Uh, if it's the exact same picture. 
you know, like you're sharing JPEG files or, or digital image files, then it, it won't let you upload it to something that we already have that's identical. But, but if they're scanning it themselves and, and uploading it, then yeah, there'll be duplicates. Um, and when, when those, uh, when we get our shared family groups going, or when someone in the family is deceased and that person all gets copied up to the, moved up to the public space and they all merge together, you'll find all the duplicate memories and people will say, well, we don't need two of those pictures and they'll delete them, detach them and stuff like that. So, uh, we really want it, but we got to be careful because, and it'll probably be a while before we actually do uh, living persons because that's a very complex thing and we want to move very carefully and not uh, devote a lot of engineering time to something that we don't think will be successful. We believe this will be successful. Our latest one says that it will be, uh, but we still are analyzing the final data to decide what's going next. So you'll, you'll see, you'll know when it happens because you'll see it around. Uh, is there still a plan to combine and possibly collapse multiple? Say, oh, yeah. Yeah, Cindy, I've mentioned that before. And, uh, yeah, we just haven't got to it. That team is on another higher priority item. Matter of fact, I'm going to put it in my notes here to go. Got to talk to them about that. And let's get a schedule for it. There you go. Come on, seeing the sources. Do you need to notify her? No. No. You'll just see it happen. It's not going to get you. She can ask me next time if anything happens. Yeah. Okay. Um, any is there any way to sort of mark our reserve names? I have some. I am still working on. Not sure they live past eight. Still looking for a proof, but don't want other well-intentioned family members to reserve it. I live in Utah County, where we no longer get our cards back after ordinances done. I'm having a hard time knowing exactly which ordinances I don't want to print and do yet. No, but what others are doing, we've talked about maybe having a little notes section, but uh, we're so busy right now rewriting the whole temple and reservation system that I can't, I don't have anyone to devote to, uh, devote to this. So what's, what some people do, there's, I mean, there's several out there that do this, and I'll just tell you what they do. They print their reservation list. You can go into the reservation list and print. And they print the whole list, and then they mark, they put notes on the page or um, for that. And that's what others have been doing. So they can, they can keep track of which ones they want to keep and which ones they want to do and things like that. So that's what uh, several people do. You can try that. I'm having a hard time knowing exactly which one. Okay. Um, off. Just select something else. Just moves it to the next one. Okay, sure. Let's have the next one. Um, you've got a really big one here from Marla. Marla, I see it, but I think that after reading it, you might want to have Ron just do this and check with you. She's got a problem with um, um, requesting permission to do ordinances with people that have passed or something. Mm, well, what number is that? Uh, line 410. So, Marla, I'm going to have Ron look into that, and hopefully he can get back to you here in the next week or so and answer this about your uh, help that you're doing. Anyway, this is from Jamie, and she said, I made a note. I hope it's a she. I'm sorry if it's not. 
I made a note that on the June 13th to 2019 live, you talked about standardization of dates and places in the family search thing at about 4724. The live seems to have disappeared. I have also looked on YouTube. Can you help me find it? Yeah, I can't find that one either. Yeah, we've there's had one, one live we did. We can't find and it. We can't find it. I can't find it on Facebook. I can't find it. It didn't get over to the videos. I had Tegan look for it. I've looked for it. I can't find it anywhere. I haven't contacted Facebook yet, but I think I might see if they happen to still have it. It's just it. The way I start set up the live is the only thing I can think of is it didn't save it and post it. They changed the way that we log in and stuff, and that could have been the one that we that were was, I think that was the first time that they had changed the how you start a live, and I was fiddling around trying to hurry because we were late because yeah, so, I couldn't get the live started, and we finally figured out a way, and I bet you it didn't post it to the page. So I'm going to – I'm gonna. what was the day? 13th of June, right? Uh, yes, 13th of June. Yeah, you won't. 2019 video so. never posted. So we'll do some more looking, but so far we haven't found it. Talk to uh, I'm going to send a message to Facebook support, see if they have it. Okay. I'm sure they they probably haven't deleted it. I expect, but maybe. Okay, here's one from Warren. Love the new notification process for ordinances done that you have submitted to the general temple queue. Any chance we can reduce the number of notices down to once or twice a day? I'm receiving about 10 per day. Well, just stop doing so many. Well, she's sharing them all with the temple, right? She's saying? Uh, it's a hymn, I think, yeah. But uh, I agree with you. Sometimes I go through these spurts where they just pound me with them, and then I go nothing, dry. So I do know that you get sometimes to get too many, but I don't. Want well, to the it. problem is, is that um, the reason why we do it is we want people to know it got recorded, and when and in other parts of the in non Utah County, that's probably feels like you're getting hit up too much. <laughs> but uh, just for those who may not have noticed in the previous Facebook lives, that Utah County temples are no longer returning temple cards no. at the when you go to do an ordinance. So you go do the ordinances and they keep the cards and they don't return them. And your uh, notification that it got recorded comes through the messages system inside of Facebook. Yeah. Inside of and mine has search. worked. It's been good. And just recently, you know, so a week or so ago, just under a week, uh, I think it's been maybe two, about two weeks ago, I didn't realize it, but they had completed the work. They didn't bother to tell me, but they completed the work to send notifications of ones you shared with the temple. So you shared it with the temple and somebody else did it. Now the one who shared it with the temple oh. is now getting notified so as well. So not just ones you do, but ones that you shared. Oh. Right, and we, and we didn't want to build a system that collapsed them uh, for two reasons. One, it's just complicated, and, and we do that with uh, uh, watch notifications. Um, and people in Utah County are very anxious to make sure that gets recorded right away. And you will be too, because I am pretty confident that the intent of the temple department is to uh, not return cards in all the temples. I don't know when or if that will truly happen everywhere, but I, I suspect that it will continue to go. Because uh, the issue is, is that temples are getting busier, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they have lots of people. And then the workers, uh, they're collecting these cards. So if you think of an endowment session, you could probably have, 50 to 300 people in an endowment session in some of these big temples and they all have a card 
they collect those cards and then the worker just races to the office and in some of these temples they're doing 20 they're doing a session every 20 minutes yeah that's... and so that that it races over to the temple office the temple office has a stack of 300 cards they got to record properly so they're recording and they're trying to hurry because they want to hurry up and get it back so they can put it on the credenza so that you can pick up your card and they're hurrying so fast that sometimes the card doesn't get recorded it's stuck or two two papers get stuck together or whatever the reason uh, they're going too fast and the machine can't keep up with it because they're trying to hurry meanwhile the other or the other it endowment keeps, sessions are stacking keeps growing and yeah you're, keeps you're stacking. waiting for hours for your cards. yeah one place they my boss said he once waited 45 minutes I've heard from people on Facebook and in my email they waited up to two hours sometimes to get their cards back yeah. and the most important thing is that the ordinance be recorded because that that's where it's recorded and that's where we verify it's recorded and and um, so that's what the most important thing and so we did the temple has decided temple department that we're not going to return cards and when they do that it relieves that pressure of hurrying up to get their cards back before they and leave less before they likely enact. to miss yeah and then they're going to record twice so they're going to they're going to collect the cards they're going to record them once they're going to bundle them up in however that temple chooses, like by day or by session or whatever per day. And then they'll hold on to them for a little while, maybe a week or so. And then they'll turn around and record them again. Somebody can, you can always call your temple recorder. If you don't get it, if it's not recorded in three or four days, I would call the temple recorder and say, hey, I haven't gotten a message yet that says it's recorded. Could you check it out? I went to this session on this day. And wow. they, can, they can dig it around and find it and um, record it. So before they destroy the cards, they're going to re-record everything again and make sure that it comes up and says, oh, this has already been recorded on their system. And that way it's going to be double recorded, and we think the likelihood of missing a recording will go down significantly. And so that's what we're trying. We're doing that in Utah counties right now. That's Mount Tipanogos, Provo, Provo City Center, Payson, Payson, and um, Mount Tibonogos. Yeah. And then Oakland in California is also having uh, is doing this as well. Well, there's one in Southern Monticello, wasn't it? And Monticello is doing it as well. Yeah. So uh, and reports are that it seems to be okay. Most people are all right. I think that's the reason why we're going to continue to send those emails quicker. Um, so just, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. tell you. Tell your phone not to tell you about it and then just go check it once a week or something if it's not a concern for you. Maybe eventually we'll – maybe we can do some preferences. I don't know, though. That's always messy to hold preferences for, you know, 10 million people. So. Did you answer this one here? It's colored. I don't know. Sorry, Paul. It says on the broadcast tonight. Could you please talk about the new linked ancestry institution? It's yeah, we've talked about we've talked about those. You've already done these. The ones yeah. that are called. Okay, yeah. well, you know we're just about done. I think we're just about questions. done. You got three questions left. Now you got to get asking questions. So we we so we have something to talk about next week. Yeah, because otherwise I'll have just, to I'll have to start making up stuff and telling you, know, you about. He says he can be a stand-up comedian, but you, you know the far future. I'd have to show you far future, and I don't know no. if we're ready for that. I mean, he can be funny, but you don't want a whole hour of it. 
Uh, I found a marriage record of the bride, groom, and both sets of parents. Do I attach the record to all six people or just the bride and groom? The system will want you to attach it to all six people because we're trying to account for everyone in the record. That's what uh, that's what we'll want. You'll get hints in those other places uh, because we're trying to get everybody in the record accounted for. Um, let's see if I got any more questions here. Someone else is unhappy. Uh, could the messages that notify us that the work is done for someone could be formatted so the information could easily copied into Excel? Yeah. Uh, I guess we could probably look at something like that. I mean, it's trying to look so it looks nice. Excel format is not pretty. Um, but if it was comma separated, it would make it easier to dump into, okay. into an Excel spreadsheet. So let me look at that. Could uh, temple messages be formatted? Yeah, BCSV. It's called CSV. Comma separated values. Learned something else tonight. It's been a good day. Learned two things. Yeah. My day's not been a waste. Of course, but she... My mother would say that it was a good thing. She always told me to get a new wrinkle in my brain every day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we've like I said, we've only got about four more, so folks, get busy. Yeah. Um, this is surely my... we haven't answered all questions. In no. the this is from Michael. This is are there still plans in the roadmap to follow to allow people to index straight from the image viewer? Now the name edits has been released. I wonder how far out we are to index anything you want to feature. Yeah, I, I talked about that a little earlier. We want to be able to do that when people are browsing images or looking at an image to be able to just add whatever fields you, we didn't index right then or correct any of them. But uh, like I said, they got at least a year or two to finish up rewriting that whole new indexing system they're building. And it'll be that long before we can get to the point where we can consider this kind of stuff. These engineers are something else. I mean, tell you, the Lord is a, has his hand in this work. We have had it's breakthroughs amazing. in technology. We've had, all sorts of amazing things, and the people are inspired. I mean, and they're praying for it, and the Lord has given it to them. I know. I get to go out occasionally and visit Ron for lunch or something, and these guys are and women are phenomenal people. I, I just admire how hard they work. So yeah. they are. They're trying their very best to make this the best for you. Okay, let's see up here. Kathy, I am adopted. I've found adopted and biological family who were or are LDS. Will I, as a non-member, ever be able to see what work has been done on them? No. We currently have the policy currently is is that ordinances ordinance work is only visible to members of the church. Visible, not invisible. Only visible. What did I say? You said invisible. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi there, Hanson. Our son just returned from work. A little late, don't you think? But it's what you get when you're a big, big boss. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, I don't know about that. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Um, here's one from Raj, and I can answer this one. It says, does Family Search plan to add more records for India? Yes. When <laughs> well, they become available and people have indexed them and things, yes, of course. It's just getting the rights to them. Isn't that the case? Yeah, well, the, the, India's tough. I mean, India's tough. And, and we there's a temple was announced for Bangalore. Yeah. So we're running around in a 
trying to figure out what to do for records. Let me just give a little bit about India. They do a census, and the census takes an entire four-story building to host, to hold. Mm -hmm. So all the books, all the paper. For one. For one census takes a four-story building to hold. And then, uh, and then the next census comes around, and the government says, we're not interested in building another building. So that's too expensive. So they destroy all of the census from the prior one and they fill the whole building with the new one. And it's it's just unfortunate for those who are looking for ancestry there. Yeah. But that's just a physical issue because there's so many in India and uh, and that it's just so large of a population yes. that it's just hard to keep track of all that. So there are we have people there looking around and we're we're working with I know that they're talking over there because we know a temple's been long awaited and uh, announced for Bangalore, and it's really important for records to be available to help people find their uh, family and ancestries. So Guess I know we've got to get people I know in there with a lot it, of digital equipment. <laughs> yeah, they you know it take them you it know it take probably take them to ten years to digitize to digitize it, it all. So yes, Roger. Not going to be an easy fix. Yeah, that's a, you can do some praying to, you know, to ask the Lord to help us figure out a way to do that. Maybe you're going to be the one with the answer, and you'll have to call Ron and tell him all about it. Here's one from Mary. Can you give an update on when limits of reserved names will happen? Has the number been set on how many we can have, and will those people with large numbers be notified in advance? What will happen to any over the limit when the time comes, and will they be shared with the temple or turn green? Thank you. Uh, we don't have a definitive date, although um, I'm sure that this will happen within the next year. So, you know, first half, first half of next year, maybe earlier. Uh, we do know the limit. I'm not expressing that limit because uh, we're going to announce that as a single event. Um, if anybody has ordinances over the limit, nothing will happen to your list. It will remain at the size it is now. It's just that you will no longer be able to reserve additional ordinances because you're over your limit. And we will not re automatically remove anything. So you have that, you have the expiration time frame before they expire to get them all done or share them with a temple. It's your choice. When you share the temple, it doesn't account, doesn't count against your limit. So we suspect there'll be a bunch of people who will share a bunch. There will be several, there will so. be a bunch of people that will be hurrying to try to get them done. Um, and then once you're below the limit, then you can reserve some more. Back up to the number. Yeah, we are, uh, we were thinking, I am thinking about maybe if you're at your limit or over and you find somebody that you could just, I'm thinking about a button, maybe let me know whether you think about it what you think about it. I'm thinking about a button where you could just share it directly to the temple and bypass your list um, so that they don't get forgotten, you know, they don't get lost in the system. Yeah. So let me know what you think about that. You can post something on the on Facebook here about that. And uh, what was else? There was something else I thought. Uh, just said it will they share with the temple or will it turn green if they are oh, oh, when you expire when it expires we're going to do what we're doing now anything that expires right now gets automatically shared to the temple so that it's on your temple list if you need if you want to pull it back um, also we are working on the ability for users to go into the tree 
and just, and if they happen to find an ancestor that has ordinances shared at temple, they'll be able to reserve those ordinances right off the person page rather than uh, ordinance ready if that's not something you want to use. Or you're looking for a particular ancestor as opposed to letting ordinance ready just find one for you. Uh, so uh, those are those are the things that are going. All right, we've gone over a little bit, but I'm going to try to. We have one more well, question. I got some questions on the okay. line here, so I'll go ahead and. We'll save this one, so we yeah, have, so have one for next time. We have one for next time. I transferred about 100 names of temple work to my friend. She let them expire. Is there some way for me to determine which names I transferred? There isn't. I'm sorry. That's why I don't like the transfer capability. It was sort of a rush job that we did uh, to be able to allow people to to share without losing it for an expiration date. And um, so there isn't really anything you could do. You could contact them. They probably wouldn't know either because it got expired. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all you do. You all are great people. You do great work. And uh, I'm learning more and more about family history, not just the mechanics. I mean, I've been doing the mechanics for a, quite a while now, so I understand how it works and how you all work. and how you do the things you do. But I'm learning, uh, I'm delving deeper into how the effect of family history has on an individual, doing it and hearing it. And uh, I just got a, found another research paper that I'm gonna be digging through to, by some psychologists that talk about family history and knowing one's story and, and how it affects their lives and their, and their future. It's pretty interesting, so I'm I'm sort of delving into that a little bit, kind of understand it. But I'll tell you one thing: it's a family history is something that lifts it lifts us all. Certainly those does. Those who work in it, those who get a little, even just a little taste of it, it lifts. So thank you much for all you do. Appreciate your being here and with us. And please submit your questions. Yes. So we don't run out of any. Then I we only have, have one. Yeah, so I'm going to be making up some, and oh, you may you not you may not like the subject that I'm going to talk about. So <laughs> we'll uh, talk to you later. So have, have a, a good one. Have a good evening, and we'll see you next time. And what? Two weeks. Well, I don't know. We don't have the dates yet. We'll get them posted. Thank you. Bye bye. That's going to do it for us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Family History Ron. So, what can you do to support us? and helping us with our goal of sharing family history with the world. Well, let me give you a few things you can do right now. First, you could head to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast and give us a five-star review. By boosting our reviews, it puts us to the top of the list, which lets our podcast be seen by a whole new group of people, which means more people, more listeners, and the more people we get to educate. Second, you could leave a review on the podcast and let us know what you love about it. It always helps us know what to create more of for you. Third, you could share the podcast with those you know who love genealogy and history as much as we do. Those three things are super simple. You could do them in five minutes even, and it would help us boost and share our knowledge with those around us. Lastly, if you want to catch Ron live, he's always way more fun when he's doing hand actions and drawing you crazy pictures on his whiteboard. <laughs> then head over to Facebook, search Family History Ron, and follow or like the page. We go live twice a month. It's always on a Thursday. 
and they start at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We can't wait to see you there.